Hello and welcome back to the Gridcoin Fireside, your favorite podcast exploring the role of distributed ledger technology in the scientific system. We are here on Thursday, January 16th. It is 8 p.m. EST and we are in the Gridcoin Discord server. And you are welcome to join us every Thursday at 8 p.m. EST right here at the Discord server. And you can join in the conversation through the voice chat or the text chat. This is one of those really fun participatory podcast type deals. I am your host, Jay Ringo, joined as always by our friend the Goblin Popper down below. Hey, hello. Say hello. <laughs> and in the corner, I like chocolate. Hey. How are the rabbits, Goblin? I've been begging, I've been itching to ask this for weeks. Fluffy and not, I don't like being picked up. So that's about it. Wow, they sound like horrible pets. I mean, wonderful pets. Wonderful pets. Uh-huh. Is a Hossum Pfeffer a bunny? Yes. That's adorable. And no other co-hosts to introduce. Oh, and Netflix joined us this week. Hey! Oh, <laughs> and we've got everyone in the chat as well. People are already talking about rabbit stew, so do join us every week. Yeah, this yeah, week, rabbit, rabbit stew. Uh, Gobble Popper, what are the the names of your rabbits? Beast and Coco. Those are great names, but I'm sorry, we're making Beast and Coco stew. Uh huh. <laughs> totally not into that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Last week we introduced the blockchain and cryptocurrency concepts. This week we're going to be going over what Gridcoin is. And disclaimer, remember, this is just introduction to very experimental software and technology at large. So uh, if there's anything that interests you, come in and ask more questions because there is definitely more to learn. (laughs) So so to bring us in from last week, Gridcoin from a distance is a permissionless blockchain-based currency network. So it uses this blockchain technology to mint currency and uh, secure a ledger. So maintain one of those ledgers that doesn't depend on a trusted entity to maintain. Uh, so it is very similar to block or Bitcoin in that respect. It is also very different than many others. So Bitcoin distributes currency to people who secure their blockchain alone. Gridcoin distributes currency to people who secure the blockchain and people who contribute computation power to this uh, awesome computing platform, distributing computing infrastructure called Boink. Uh, Gridcoin can and I think will one day con- <laughs> distribute currency across a wide array of uh, distributed computing platforms and scientific endeavors. So it is the scientific currency, but as it currently stands, we incentivize people to crunch Boink. So Boink is the Berkeley Open Infrastructure for Network Computing. It was developed in the late 1990s and has been running since. It runs some massive projects ranging from uh, helping distributed computing projects for companies like IBM to institutions like CERN and the Max Planck Institute and a whole array of universities uh, and also just citizen scientists who set up Boink projects on a laptop or a server or whatever they have. It's a really neat infrastructure. I would recommend checking out the Boink radio podcast if you have a chance. That one will go into more about Boink and that community and how different projects operate and whatnot. And you can listen to that podcast on the website boink.network. But essentially what it does is it allows the, the infrastructure enables anyone in the world to contribute their idle processing power, their, so their, their computers, essentially, to any project that's built on the infrastructure. And those projects are scientific projects for the most part, scientific and mathematic. So uh, it's a giant infrastructure with a lot of crunchers on it. Gridcoin is one part of that network. It's a it's a sort of a second layer, I guess you could say, where we incentivize people to crunch uh, verified projects, projects who have gone through our whitelisting process. And we'll talk about whitelisting a little bit later. But at the end of the day, you can think of us as a giant team with a cryptocurrency that is distributed directly to 
uh, people who are contributing contribution power to these projects, that currency is distributed directly from the protocol. So there's no like group, there's no entity or group of people holding a purse and giving out coins. The code runs, mints currency, and then gives that currency to crunchers based on their relative contributions to other crunchers. Sharknado in the text chat is shouting nerds, and I agree, and that's in reference to Revenge of the Nerds, so but also in yes, the one yes. <laughs> so if you view Gridcoin as like a team, here are some stats on what we do and how uh, Gridcoin is also a FOSS project. So I'll also give some stats on how many people are developing it and what the community is sort of like. Uh, so we incentivize 13,500 crunchers as best we can track uh, on the Gridcoin network. Uh, and that is that makes us the largest Boink team by flops uh, in the world. Uh, and once you dive into it, you'll realize there's intricacies on how you determine flop contributions on a distributed computing network. But for all intents and purposes, we are the largest Boink team in the world. The projects we incentivize range, well, I'm just listing them off. There's 10 different types of projects. Particle physics, astrophysics, astronomy, molecular biology, computer science, electrical engineering, mathematics, medical research, environmental research, and humanitarian research. So all those fields... Gridcoin is touching with a giant uh, distributed computing network. Uh, in terms of a Frost project, we have six developers with over 100 commits. We have 12 developers with over 10 commits. We have 52 developers with one or more commit. And in terms of community, we have uh, 2,400 members on Discord, although the real number is probably like 300 to 500 active members. Uh, we have 14,000 followers on Twitter, 4,800 followers on the Reddits. Uh, is there anything else I'm missing in terms of like metrics for for social media? It's good. Okay. Uh, and then in terms of history, before we get into the real, what what the hell are we? Uh, we started as a blockchain in 2013, and remember, blockchain technology, the protocol, the first protocol came out in 2008. So uh, 2013 was kind of the second wave of altcoins. So we're that's very early in uh, the tech. So we started in 2013. Um, using this consensus mechanism called proof of work. We shifted from that proof of work mechanism to a proof of stake mechanism in 2014. And that allowed a lot of computation cycles that were being used to secure the ledger, the distributed ledger that we talked about last week, allowed those computation cycles to move to Boink. Uh, and we secure the blockchain in a different way now. Uh, that also set us up to become one of the first uh, multi-incentive blockchain protocols, which means we incentivize people uh, through this proof of stake mechanism for securing the blockchain. And we also incentivize people to contribute computation powers to Boink. So with that concept, we've had that concept in sort of the, the ethos of the community and network since uh, 2014. So that's always the back of our minds. And we're looking at how we can change this tech to allow us to incentivize more things. Uh, secure the network, yes, awesome. S contribute to Boink, awesome. What if we could contribute to like Folding at Home or other distributed computing networks? What if we could create grant systems and incentivize people to make a good grants and get them approved? What if we can incentivize people to do good peer review? Uh, all this sort of stuff, and then build a really malleable, fluid economy out of all those incentives. Uh, and that, I think is really why we are doing this. I, I think that's a long-term vision. The vision is has to do with um, taking the scientific system, which is a legacy system developed over hundreds of years based on institutions and a lot of really smart people building really, really good organizations, uh, but taking that system and moving it into a digital world, which is brand new, which was not possible before. So we now have this new technology, not just the internet, not just zeros and ones, but a blockchain, a ledger that takes central trust 
entities out of the equation completely. So we're here kind of exploring what can that that concept, taking central trust entities like we described last week, that concept's gonna change a lot of stuff in a lot of different industries over the next hundred years. So what could we do to help uh, move the scientific system into a trustless system? Uh, and I think that is a very uh, uh, zoomed out overview of what the blockchain, of what the Gridcoin network is trying to do with its blockchain and uh, currency technologies. All right, so in these blockchain networks, it's already sort of been alluded to, uh, you have different types of people operating in the network. Most blockchain networks, although it's starting to differentiate a little more, but most blockchain networks have a single technical participant, and those are the nodes, the people that help secure the blockchain. Uh, and as I already mentioned, Gridcoin has at base level two. We have the stakers, the people who are securing the blockchain, and the crunchers, the people giving contribution cycles to these scientific projects and getting Gridcoin for that. We have a couple other two. So we have the Boink projects themselves, uh, which can which we call the statistics providers. And those are uh, off-chain entities that people work with. It's uh, You can think of it sort of like a federated system. They uh, do their own thing. And then we our network takes the stats that they give us about who's contributing to those projects and injects them into the blockchain. And then the protocol takes that uh, information that was just injected to the blockchain and does some math magic and distributes grid coin based on those statistics. So that, that really... Uh, enables us to do some pretty cool experimental stuff because we don't have the computations for these science projects happening right on the blockchain. So first of all, it saves us a bunch of space. Second of all, it takes a lot of risk away from uh, the network itself right off the bat. So one of these projects could go down and it wouldn't it would affect the algorithm in a way, but it would adapt very quickly. And the network itself, the blockchain, the thing that this everything we're trying to do, that base technology would remain unaffected. Uh, so actually having these third-party statistics providers is very valuable to us. Maybe one day Gridcoin as a network itself will be running projects on its own blockchain, but that would be pretty far out if uh, if it ever happens at all. So then how do we take these statistics from these third parties and inject it on a blockchain? Well, we have these other network participants called the oracles, and they do exactly what their definition is. They take the stats from these third parties, they do some math magic with it. They ensure that it's correct, that uh, as best they can through a very sound protocol, uh, make sure that no one's uh, faking stats. And they put that those stats onto the blockchain, which then again does math magic and distributes Gridcoin to crunchers in proportion to their contributions. So with these oracles, we've set it up currently in a way where if someone, if one of these statistics providers is providing false information, has found a way to game the system, we can uh, essentially blacklist them. So we have maximum security on that on the oracles right now, but we're also trying to develop oracles out a little further uh, as more people come into the network and we get more developers with heavy commit levels, et cetera, et cetera. But for the time being, they serve a really, really good purpose and it's operating very smoothly. Um, so I think those are the four main technical participants. Um, but then because we are a FOSS project, you also have people like me and the other hosts who are here, people who do like community engagement, outreach, marketing, design, uh, web development, a lot of stuff that that can go on in the network. So you don't just need to be a software engineer uh, to get in here and really get your hands wet, or hands wet, hands dirty, <laughs> and get things rolling. Sometimes uh, my hands get wet. What are you doing? I want to come do what you do. <laughs> Sick playing in the sandbox. Pretty much. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. You got something? Jump in. No, I was just gonna say. Um, you know, it's it's. 
you're right. I mean, this is this is what Gridcoin is, but I, I think it's also important to say that, um, I mean, so it's just as much a community as it is a crypto. Um, and that's that's not saying that other um, that other cryptos don't have their own communities tied to it. It's just um, given given the overall purpose of the blockchain comparatively to other cryptos in the space, um, that there's a much more um, that there's a more uh, altruistic reason for the crypto to exist. One second. Was there a cat back there too? No, that's my wife saying choo choo. <laughs> um. So um. Yeah. So it's 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 due to the altruistic nature of what we're um, of what we're trying to do I feel like there's a there's more of a community um, gridcoin is more of a community than than just a uh, than just a just a crypto like it, it's, it's both and and uh, the reality is I, I don't think there's two, and I've, I've bumped into a lot of other uh, other communities um, but I, I haven't seen something similar to this usually they're very different um, but yeah what is the uh, what are we trying to do instead considering the altruistic nature of what we're trying to do what are we trying to do um, it's really just about improving or uh, or just uh, helping scientists right it's about uh, being able to help out and pitch in right um, a lot of the people who are involved are not scientific um, they're more scientific enthusiasts um, kind of the people who get the jobs that always love science but weren't good enough to, to, to make money doing it, um, tend to be a lot of the people. Uh, there's obviously a, a lot of community members that are not uh, that. There's a lot of community members that are, interestingly enough, involved in the science uh, that they help explain and help promote in the community. Um, but most people are uh, enthusiasts. And it's it's about, as an enthusiast, uh, helping better all science um, or for many people, more specifically, the science that you find most um, beneficial to improve. Yeah, I agree with you, and it's more than like. I really hope uh, really you because I, I, I don't really I don't know really if, know another way of uh, saying that. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know of another. I, really know of it. I think there's more on top of it too. So there's, and you alluded to it too. So I'm just going to expand on it. Um, it's more than just like contributing to these science projects and incentivizing people to contribute to these scientific projects, these computational science projects on Boink by giving them a cryptocurrency. That crypto aspect is a very big thing. You know, what did Bitcoin do? What is Bitcoin trying to do? Well, what did it do? What did it succeed, succeed at? And I think Sharknado in the chat here uh, kind of hits, hits it on the head uh, almost all the way in tokenizing scientific data is what he says. So if... If these are, I've said this term several times, they're currency networks. They're not just networks. They're networks that mint a currency. Currency networks are the base protocol for most societies in the way I view it. So when you, in the way we, in the world we live in right now, excluding crypto, excluding Bitcoin, all this blockchain magic, we live in nation currency networks, currency networks that are dependent on nations called fiat, where a government instills value it just injects value straight into a currency uh we are now able to build a different type of currency system based on cryptography and this is something that's been dreamt of since uh networks became technological so if we can create these currency networks and they're they're built on false principles which is free and open source principles meaning anyone can make them and change them and uh, make a different one, like split one currency network into two currency networks and the strongest survive sort of. If that's the, the method through which we're making these things, it means that the currency currency has become democratized. People now have the choice of what currency they want to use. 
And all these different currencies are going to support different things. So this podcast, little plug here, is supported by this other uh, by this community called Library.Science, which helps us host these episodes on their blockchain, the Library blockchain, which is a decentralized media hosting or content hosting blockchain. Uh, so it could be said that they are trying; they've built a currency network based around uh, censorship-resistant content hosting uh, in a peer-to-peer. Uh, system. We, uh, and there are thousands of other blockchains who are experimenting with other ways, but if they're doing that, then it can be said that Gridcoin is building a, a, a currency network based on science. We're trying to build an economy based on science, which doesn't require uh, uh, us to give money to a central trusted entity. This is just one example of several dozen that we could uh, expand into. But uh, So we're trying to build an economy where we don't we the people don't need to give money to a trusted central entity and then have them choose what good science is, where a network can choose in a very fluid manner. Uh, and it by doing that, it becomes more uh, resilient. It becomes uh, it, it creates different avenues of benefit besides just getting science done. There's a lot of ch- tangential benefits to having a fluid system. Uh, so that is really what we're doing. We're, yeah, we're starting by incentivizing people to contribute computation cycles to Boink and these Boink projects, which are amazing. One of them just maybe came up with a vaccine for uh, the Zika virus. Awesome. We were part of that as a network. We contributed a lot of computation to that project. Uh, other ones are finding like asteroids and pulsars and whatnot. Amazing stuff. Really fun. They're helping with climate change. Beyond that, though, that's just how we're starting. Beyond that, we can build an entirely new scientific system because we're a currency ne- network. We're a crypto. Cryptos are incredibly powerful. And uh, people are starting to catch on. So if this is interesting in you, if you're interested in this, come in now because now is the time to build it. If you're, you know, you might hear this and think, oh my God, this is all wishy wash. And maybe it is. And in 10 years, you'll forget about it, whatever. Or maybe in 10 years, you're going to be like, oh, wow, this is just like the internet was in the 1980s. Jeez. <laughs> so we have the opportunity. Just a lot of, right? lot of biases. <laughs> we have a, just a network between a couple schools. They're never going to get this thing global. This isn't going to change the world. No way. So. We're, uh, just, uh, just but I think quick, just a quick correction. Uh, Astros at home doesn't actually discover asteroids. It just learns more about the ones that have already been discovered. Sure, sure, sure. You are correct. Um, I think I think one of my favorite parts about what you're describing is, um, yeah, like no, we could totally collapse tomorrow. Um, we could, we, we like, you know, I mean, we could uh, not like collapse, but you know, what I mean, like, uh, like um, people could lose interest, right? But uh, the reality is that. Um, Every person who's a part of the community who uses the platform, even for a single day, has contributed um, has contributed worthwhile things. So it's it's yeah. I mean, even even if we lasted for only a week and we and we died like back in like 2014, right? Like we still technically would have contributed a, a good amount of work. Um, and the fact that we're still going and it looks like we will continue to go for some time um, means that we're continuing to contribute and and every single individual person um, adds on. And for anyone who's new, who's listening to this, right? Um, I contribute power from uh, Raspberry Pi. Um, it's very much hobby work. Um, but you know what? I, I select very specific um, uh, work units and very specific projects so that I know that my Raspberry Pi is going to actually finish work in like 20 hours as opposed to eight, nine days, right? So it, it is actually contributing and processing things. Would a normal computer finish that faster? Yes, I've, I've actually loaded the exact same work units on my regular PC and it, it would take about 25 minutes, 
right? But, but that's not the point. <laughs> the point is that it's every little bit helps. So every individual who joins technically helps. And I know people who um, who do uh, not all of their processing, but I know people who do processing on their Android phones. Um, they they plug their phone in at night, and their phone just you know find uh, uh, does research about one or two asteroids a day. Um, so it's. It's it's just interesting and and the, what 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 I love about it is it's it's kind of like those um, those donation kind of uh, systems where it's like yeah if you want to participate you don't have to give a hundred dollars you can give three cents and you know what we'll take it and that's totally awesome and you you did help so amen and that touches on something that the larger crypto environment doing is doing like all these networks working together through cooperative competition uh, sort of to throw my own two cents into what's being said in the chat right now. Uh, they're changing the way people work and they're bringing it into a FOSS system, which is pretty cool, where anyone can contribute. They just come in and then they can leave and hopefully there will be funding mechanisms built into that in the future. Uh, so the, some of the some of the specific stuff, I guess, that we're trying to build here with, these, with this blockchain tech, this distributed ledger technology and the crypto built on top of it. Uh, going back to what Sharknado said about tokenizing scientific data, what if... Uh, and let's use the same example I used this a second ago. There was just a Boink project that came up with some really cool results regarding Zika. And that those results might turn into a vaccine. And that vaccine might become marketable. And that vaccine might be sold to a company that profits massively off of it. So that vaccine, its basic science was done by a bunch of people contributing computation power to this giant network. And they currently will not see a dime of those profits. It's joked that, hey, maybe everyone who crunched a project should get the vaccine first. Ha ha, funny. But in reality, no one's going to see a dime from that. So if there is a way, perhaps, with this distributed ledger technology and cryptocurrency incentives to track contributions from the basic science all the way through the supply chain of science up to the uh, translation product. And the, it, this is being done in smaller scales and smaller industries. It's just tracking supply chains. There are some companies that are like, you can track tuna from the fish that's caught to the can is put in and then you eat it. So same concept, except think of the scientific supply chain. So it's a little more complex, but I, I think it's personally, I personally think it's very doable. Uh, and then the people at the bottom who did the basic research, sure, they didn't put the final thrust of money in to get the translational product, but without them, there's no translational product in the first place. They get to see a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, um, so like, what is uh, on the topic of what is Gridcoin? Um, I mean, for those who don't don't know, uh, one of the one of the generation, uh, like we ha we have a set number that we generate, right? Um, and, and we can get into that uh, later, but um, but. It would be interesting if, if, if again, it, uh, to to Sharknado's point, it's can be it, it could be kind of like Ponzi scheme ish and stuff. But it's interesting, at least as a thought experiment, to go in the direction of if you're able to tie actual real um, research contributions to a monetary gain, and then the monetary gain in some it, if there was some way to pretty much say you know you have to give it towards the people who helped you get it, kind of thing. Um, that the monetary gain could actually be used to be what generates and provides Bitcoin its value. Right, as opposed to a, um, a generic uh, supply-demand kind of model. So I'm so. going to agree with you so hard by disagreeing with you because that's fine, that's fine. I, I don't think it's absurd. I think interesting. Concept, concept. I, I agree with you in what you're saying, but I just don't think it's that difficult to think like that because 
Think about what we tie value to right now. You could argue it's time and work, but what are we producing with our time and work? This really random thing called GDP. And GDP, by the guy who made it, is not a thing that we should use to measure production of a nation. Like It really doesn't function well. But we use it to give value, essentially, to a currency. Uh, You can give function, the productivity of a company and its stock prices are related, and all this stuff is completely arbitrary. So if you can find, if you just take that concept of tying an arbitrary thing to value, and it's just a belief system. So change that belief system to a different thing of arbitrary, (laughs) different arbitrary thing. Make a science. Yeah, so... so my, my, uh, so uh, just to be clear, right? I'm not saying that um, people shouldn't think in that direction. As like, I mean, that's that's how you make improvements. That's how you kind of uh, get betterment, right? Not as not taking the first idea, but just but kind of taking it and improving on it as a concept. But the my my point's not that it's that it's impossible to think that way, but more that it's um, it would be or or hard to think that way. It's it that would be something hard to implement, something hard to actually get to get work. To work oh hell right, yes, right. okay, yeah, because that that involves uh, like <laughs> some of that can't even be technological. Some of that's just straight up legal, right? And so that's not something we're really going to be in. That we're going to like if we ever went to that kind of model in any way, um, it would it would it would be entirely based off of the altruism of the individual who received the benefit of the country of the. Uh, of the crunching. Well, there's two ways to, to look at where the, that value. But we're also going to right. That's not part of this conversation. Okay. Because <laughs> I do love this conversation. <laughs> you were right. I do as well, but uh, yeah. The, the How to instill something of value. There's two schools of thought. One is you force value onto it through a centralized entity. And the other is you build a complex system in that a value emerges as an emergent property. So the U.S. fiat system is a combination of both. You know, when, when the U.S. dollar was created, it was forced in through a council of people and blah, blah, blah. And then things happened to create the fiat system in very complex ways. But also someone eventually at one point just said, oh, we're decoupling from the gold standard. But there were reasons they decoupled from the gold standard. So it's, it's, it's a weird dichotomy between the two. It's a weird relationship between injecting value and using technology to build a system that creates... Uh, an emergence of value. Okay, so Goblin, that was really fun. We'll move on though. <laughs> so, so that was that... so fun. Now shut up and uh, get on with the topic. <laughs> <laughs> so if that's sort of the theory behind what we're doing, and that's larger crypto theory tied into what Gridcoin is specifically doing in this world, which is bringing the scientific system into a digital future that's based on cryptography and distributed ledgers, essentially moving beyond the trust-based system. Um, and hold on. And in moving beyond this trust-based system, we want to uh, play with the concepts of value, money, and currency to create a more dignified future or a, a data dig- a future based on data dignity for uh, researchers, for data creators, data consumers, and data analyzers. Uh, data dignity is a really cool concept. There's a lot of people that talk about it. Go Google it. Um, and we we're, we're doing this by playing with incentives and economics and this new organizational model based on the FOSS principles developed in the 70s and 80s. So by doing all this stuff, playing with money to create a better future for people and their data by using incentives and economic principles in this organizational model, we have developed some really cool tech, uh, which is the Gridcoin protocol. Uh, And I already mentioned the really cool incentive part of it, where we, from the beginning, essentially, were thinking about how to build a multi-incentive economic network based on blockchain. And we've succeeded, at least so far, in two incentives. And 
a lot of us really think we could do three fairly easily, just bring on another distributed uh, computing infrastructure and uh, figure out the math involved for bringing them into the economy and uh, reward for that. Uh, but we also want to explore third, fourth, fifth, many different incentive layers and build a complex economy that way. We've also uh, built this interesting voting system. So one of the things I mentioned a little bit later, and anyone who wants to talk, uh, push your mic button really quick or say something in the chat. Otherwise, I'm just going to go. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm going to assume you're kidding. So uh, I mentioned one of the things I mentioned earlier with regards to these um that this demo- uh, democratic currency system, democratic currency system, whatever, uh, is that you can make your own currency and you can split off from a currency that already exists. And in doing so, you end up making two currencies and it can be argued that's good, that's bad, whatever. Most people think it's bad. It splits the value. It splits the community. A lot of them can be really contentious splits. And it, it's just, unless there's a really good reason, I don't think a lot of people support that type of development, but it's inevitable. Anyway, to to keep that, to mitigate the or reduce the chance of that happening in the Gridcoin network, we have this voting mechanism that weights a participant's value to the network based on some uh, some math, and then uh, lets us vote on decisions through the network. So if you contribute a lot of uh, security to the network, then you have a higher voice than someone who contributes very little security to the network. If you contribute a lot of computation power to Boink projects, you have a louder voice than someone who contributes a very little bit of computation power to the Boink network. If you have provide a lot of security and contribute a lot, you have a really loud voice. You are a big part of the network. Without you, the network would decrease in value quickly and security and computation power and all that stuff. So you have a louder say than someone who's just getting started with distributing computing and testing stuff out and maybe has like a Raspberry Pi they're contributing to a project. And uh, I feel personally attacked. <laughs> so, so with this voting mechanism, we've actually gone through several protocol shifts, which are big changes to the protocol, the way the economics work and the way the, the consensus mechanism works without having a contentious fork, which is what these splits are called. So we have stayed unified as a network through some pretty um, tumultuous times, both within our own network and within the larger blockchain ecosystem. And it's largely because of this voting mechanism. Instead of someone saying, I think the network wants to do this and I think the network wants to do that, you know, like a lot of modern democracies do when it comes to politics, I think the people want this. I think the people that we can actually gauge the network for every single decision. At the end of the day, though, it's still a blockchain. It's a permissionless blockchain, which means the final decision is made by the people running the client. And that gets into the more technical aspect. I'd recommend you read the white paper if you want to learn more on that. Or just come in and ask some questions and we'll explain that part. But for the most part, this voting is there to keep us all unified moving forward. Or maybe tell us not to do a change if uh, if we can't make up our minds yet. Talk more about the subject. We want to learn more. We haven't educated the network enough about the decisions we want to make. That sort of stuff. Really cool. Not many currencies do that still, uh, but more are starting to. Gridcoin was one of the first ones to have a voting mechanism uh, and a weighted voting mechanism. So if I said there are two different ways to wait, providing security and providing computation cycles, maybe in the future, there are other ways to wait. Maybe we can give developers reputation for putting uh, for developing really cool stuff for the protocol itself. We can give marketers reputation for doing really good marketing work. We can give uh, can different do a republic style. We could like, do a republic style. Yes, that's where like you kind of like vote. Uh, you can kind of like pool your uh, pool your coins with uh, pretty much someone else to to kind of get 
give them the vote of, of your shares. And you can do that. So the way republics work in the legacy systems is I, as a New Yorker, vote for my representatives. And then those representatives go make all the decisions about infrastructure, about scientific funding, about war, all that stuff. But with a blockchain, I can appoint a representative for science decisions. I can appoint a representative for infrastructure decisions. So it gives us even more representative power. So if we decide to go that route, it's even more democratic in that respect. And you can combine a representation system with a direct democracy system with this technology. This technology enables so much. It's really cool. Uh, I'm going to catch up on the chat here before we move on. Oh, and to keep going on this a little bit, researchers could be giving weight. If you Boink admins could be given weight. All these people could be given weight. Exactly. All right. Quintarium is saying in the in the text here that uh, I, yes, that's exactly what I was talking about. It's a great point you bring it up. Uh, that being able to give credit to developers or people who contribute to the network outside of the technical technical participants, which are those stakers or security providers, crunchers, statistics providers, and oracles. Uh, so those those are the technical contributors to to be able to give weight to the non-technical contributors like developers and marketers and designers and uh, outreach folks and community organizers and all that stuff. It enables people to have a say in the network without having to um, financially invest themselves with direct money. They're investing in their time and not their money. And to a lot of people, that is so much more valuable than money. So if, if it was me, I would say whoever invests time has a bigger say than anyone who invests money. But... <laughs> That is just a personal thing. Uh, yeah, so I, I think that's a great point. So it, you don't need to contribute financial uh, resources to become a prominent voice in the network. You can just code really cool stuff or design sweet banners. Uh, I saw a mic go off with someone trying to say something. All right. I would uh, argue that time is money, so in a sense you kind of are. That's fair. That's a fair argument. Uh, yeah, that's just a personal personal comment of mine thrown in. But time can also be seen as money, and money could be seen as more valuable than time to some people. Whatever. That's why you have these giant networks that debate that sort of stuff and then choose a compromise in the code. And then they put it in the code as law, and then the protocol runs. How smooth is that? All right. So another really cool uh, tech uh, aspect of the Gridcoin protocol is this whitelist that we have. And uh, the whitelist ties a little bit into incentives. If I forget to expand on that later, someone please remind me. But the whitelist essentially, mm, sorry, the beginning. So Boink, as we've already mentioned, is this giant distributed computing infrastructure that a lot of projects host their, their computational projects on. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of projects. There's 30 some odd projects in the Boink network. Uh, and that's growing steadily, I would say. But you know, projects are added and collapse all the time or just complete their science and disappear. So when you, the Boink network has no monetary aspect to it at all. So that's fine for them. They can have projects come and go. There's no need to vet these systems beyond like basic security on, and, and just like be nice sort of concepts. Uh, but when you add a currency network to it, all of a sudden, you know, you want to kind of make sure things are going right, are running smoothly, follow some basic principles, some basic rules so that no one can all of a sudden open up a printing press, you know, and start printing fake money. Uh, so we have this whitelisting process where we verify the the, the basic re technical requirements are there to verify that the projects are not doing anything malicious or are uh, or that they run in a way that doesn't take advantage of our protocol. Uh, 
And if a project gets whitelisted, then they get incentivized with GRC. Any cruncher that contributes computation cycles to that project uh, essentially gets rewarded with GRC. There are some minor steps in between there that we're trying to get rid of, uh, but that's the ideal situation. If you contribute to a whitelisted project, you get GRC for your work. Uh, so the non-technical rationale behind these projects uh, has to do with the value of the Gridcoin network as seen by someone outside of the Gridcoin network. So if we are rewarding GRC to these projects and all these projects are doing what is perceived as really cool science, awesome. Everyone that looks at the Gridcoin network will think, wow, these guys are incentivizing really cool science or basic research or, or math or what have you. If we as the Gridcoin network are only doing bogus projects where we just like, there's a project that just does one plus one over and over and over again, or, or something like that, maybe someone can think of a better example, uh, then someone from the outside looking at a network would be like, wow, this, these guys are minting a currency and distributing to people who are just adding one to a list over and over and over again. That seems completely devoid of any value. So the whitelist forces the network participants to discuss the value the merits of every scientific project up for whitelisting. So we, we the network, are incentivized to uh, choose good science, to vet the scientists and the researchers, and to make sure the project, as best as we can, uh, is trustworthy and capable of running and capable of handling the processing power we throw at them once we whitelist their project. Um, and because we have such a massive amount of processing power within our network, these blank projects are incentivized to want us to whitelist their projects. So they are thereby incentivized to teach us about their projects. So when we go to them and be like, what are Latin squares? Why are you playing with Latin squares? What could this possibly do? How does your project work? They want to explain it to us in a way that we can understand because we're like Goblin said before, we're not all scientists. We're not all gonna be able to understand papers and, and all, all this mumbo jumbo. So explain it to us in words we understand. And if they are capable of doing that, and it's also a, a vetted project by our standards, then it gets added to the whitelist. So it, it creates this really cool uh, relationship between our network and science. And our network, again, is just a bunch of people. So it it's educating people about science. <laughs> this is a really cool tangential incentive outside of the protocols. Nothing to do with physically distributing GRC to anyone, but we've created a system of education, of scientific communication, uh, because we've built an economy, an economic system that incentivizes the participants of that economic system to act in specific ways. We can expand on that in ways that I think a lot of us haven't even dreamt of. Uh, but that, I think, sums up the whitelist, right? Did I miss anything? Yeah. So the at the end of the day, after those discussions are had, then the people who a vote is made on the network and the voting takes place, as I described before, based on weighting of network participants. Uh, currently, again, it's only technical participants who have vote weight, but maybe in the future we'll be able to do a web of trust system, reputation tokens, all that fun technology technology that's being developed by thousands of different blockchains. So I have no doubt it will happen one day. Um, Unless some catastrophe, right? Unless we actually do make rabbit stew out of Goblin's cute little bunny. So, not going to dignify it. <laughs> Wait, we were supposed to wait with that? Oh, geez. Uh, sorry, Goblin. Yeah, that, uh, that, that was a dumb joke. Sorry. <laughs> so, I just, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's fun. I just I just enjoy I enjoy the community. I enjoy I enjoy helping out any way I can. Um, and I love the fact that I've seen people literally show up on the Reddit group say hey guys this seems like fun i don't i have like 
a really small PC. They can't really run much, and I don't really have any money, but I'm good at marketing. And they've helped with like rewording things on the website and or like building little assets for the website. Or we had one person, um, we gave them tips, and they made uh, the sound effects for the uh, for the fireside chat. Um, so I I just like that um, Gridcoin is. Uh, it, it, besides just crypto, it's a, it's a community where pretty much anyone with any skill and a little bit of free time can contribute to. Um, I mean, it sounds super sappy, but it's you know just contribute to effectively a larger. Make me cry, come on. I just leave money <laughs> more. You know what I mean? Just I gotta, I gotta look and do that. But uh, but yeah, it's just it's just if you have a little time and you have a general skill, um, you uh, pretty much do anything um, and uh, or to to help out. Um, I showed up like a year out of college when I first came with a degree in economics and someone was like, we need an economist to, to talk to about random like metrics for stuff. And <laughs> that's how I started out getting involved because I was like, I, I read economics 101 books and then Gabriel was like, yeah, that's, yep, yep, cool. That's follow, good enough. Right? Fo- follow <laughs> me to the, to the developers. <laughs> I remember and he that. regretted ever since. Oh, you are going to make me cry. That is a really anyway. cool. <laughs> that is a great aspect of these FOSS projects. Uh, meeting the people is really fun, and everyone is here at some extent, either because of crypto or because of the science. So everyone has that base relationship of uh, like relatability. Uh, and plenty of times both. And plenty of times both, absolutely. Uh, and in Gridcoin specifically, because it is a more crypto-oriented community, I've learned I've learned so much about money and history and economics, and more than I ever want to know about coding than I ever wanted to know about coding. Uh, uh, and uh, a lot about cryptography and really interesting concepts, some of which I agree with, some of which I don't, but they're still very interesting. Uh, and then with Boink, and we'll go to what who's Terrence Lee is talking about in the chat here, and then we'll wrap up. But with the Boink community which is a second community that Gridcoin is related to and is a huge community. Um, I've learned so much about science uh, and met a lot of other people who are just really fun and want to talk about science and do really cool science stuff. Uh, yeah, to the point that I started another uh, Boink, uh, another podcast. Uh, it's me and Delta every Friday at 4 p.m. on the Boink Network Discord and 4 p.m. EST. And we just talk about Boink projects and it's really fun. So some of these Boink projects that people love a lot, uh, let's talk about them. Someone give me one. What's your favorite Boink project? Poop emoji does not count. Get that out of here. <laughs> no one's got a favorite. All right. I mean, my favorite was you. GPU Grid. GPU Grid. They just, they do pro No, that's a terrible games. favorite. Yeah, it's terrible now. They, I don't know what the heck they did, but my, uh, my 1080 regularly uh, exceeds 70 degrees now, so I, I don't run that one. Jim. Uh, Jim's really opinionated on which his one, which which his favorite is. Jim, which which one's your favorite again? It's not SETI, is it? I forget. No, it's not. It it well, I don't really have a favorite now. Um, it used to be climate prediction, but of course that hasn't been able to get credit on the coin. I remember climate prediction. Um, I will say this: the other cool thing about uh, this is a combination of just Boink and 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 Gridcoin, but the whitelist contains a, such a wide range of projects. Um, and I and I because like like I said, I do a lot of processing on a Raspberry Pi, and I have work units that I can finish on a Pi uh, in in about uh, eighteen to, to 22, 22 hours, right? Um, so fairly small things that on a regular computer would go pretty quick. But I specifically remember on my on my like i seven 
970, and this is like when it was brand new, I tried processing one work unit for climate um, prediction, and it estimated seven days and 23 hours um, for one work unit. <laughs> and I just remember being like, oh, I really want to help out with that one. That one's cool. And like my hardware just said no. So um, yeah, so the cool thing I will say is, is, is um, there's a wide range of things to help on. That's things that'll take your computer an hour um, and things that'll take your computer uh, over a week. Um, and the over the week ones are very realistic and very like they exist and, and you can definitely try to do them. There's obviously a time limit to finish them um, to make sure that the project can continue to move on before uh, it's given to it's before it's pretty much redistributed to someone else because uh, they assume you're not going to finish it in time. But uh, that's why that's the only reason you'd want to pick something that's reasonable sized. Go ahead, Jim. We'll go to nothing. No, I was going to say, I guess looking over the projects I crunched now, it's probably. Einstein at home, then GPU grid, then LHC, um, and then uh, uh, rural community grid. But I, cr- I crunch about 10 projects. So it's Madness. Einstein at home, for people listening, is supported by the Max Planck Institute, comes out of Wisconsin University, I want to say, uh, and works with LIGO. LIGO is a giant uh, science experiment that just detected gravitational waves. So that's an example of the level of uh, projects that exist on the Boink infrastructure. And we incentivize uh, them with GRC. Um, what was the other one you said? The GPU grid. I sent at home. World Community Grid. Uh, WC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and LHC at home, which is uh, the Large Hadron Collider. Yep, LHC comes from CERN. Everyone knows CERN and LHC, giant tube of laser. <laughs> oh, I wish that was on a T-shirt. That's a great sentence. Um, and uh, yeah, they're, uh, they just discovered the Higgs boson. Uh, they run a project on Boink that has to do with LHC. Uh, they run data through the Boink infrastructure. Gridcoin incentivizes people to contribute computation power to the LHC at home project. Uh, GPU grid was always mentioned. Uh, also mentions that I think that was mostly protein folding, uh, but I'm not. I don't know too much about GPU grid. Delta would be the man to ask for that. Uh, and then World Community Grid is the other one Jim mentioned, and that who Terrence Lee is shouting in the chat. We talk about uh, <laughs> WCG is the is IBM's corporate responsibility project, uh, and they run a buttload of projects. Uh, they're what we call an umbrella project. So what IBM does is they go out and like find scientists and researchers with data that they need to process, and then helps them help them set up a computation project, and then host that through the World Community Grid project, which is run through the Boink infrastructure and which Gridcoin incentivizes. So isn't it pretty uh, much all medical projects though? Uh, they just came out with one called Africa Rainfall, which is tracking weather changes in Africa due to climate change. Okay, so maybe not all, but most. Most of them are health projects. They did a Smash Childhood Cancer project. They did a Zika project. They've done no. They've also they've, they've done a solar panel project where they uh, clean energy project. I think they have several more climate change projects coming up. They are constantly working uh, both on I Boink. Remember, and, uh, I remember I used to crunch the microbiomes thing with the uh, yep, yep. with the bacteria stuff. I didn't catch that last part. With the bacteria stuff, I know very specific. I, I read it, I understood it, and that was ages ago, so no, I don't. You know what the word microbiome means, though. That's like, it's <laughs> not many people know that we have giant villages or cities of bacteria living inside of us, doing really cool stuff and keeping us alive, and, you know, uh, that are they're very important and help cure diseases and prevent diseases. So you are, because you just crunched World Community Grid, you already understand what a microbiome is and that ties into the education part that i brought up earlier about just 
basic communication, basic science communication, because people get invested in this stuff. They're directly involved with making the science happen. That makes them feel good. It feels good. It doesn't just make them feel good. It literally, it feels really good to contribute to this stuff. Um, and so when you're contributing to it, you're learning about it. There's people who have been talking about prime uh, prime number projects in the chat here too. There's so many times I'm like, I don't, why do I care about prime numbers? And then people talk about prime numbers. And it's like, oh, okay, so maybe we can use these really big numbers and these patterns that we find from prime numbers to do really cool science in the future. You know, math is the basis, I think basis of all science. Base that, that does prime number stuff, but I might be missing. I still didn't hear you. I said I think it was SR based that that the prime number stuff, but I might be mistaken. I think you're right. I think they did, and uh, I mean, uh, Prime Good is the big one that does prime numbers. Yeah, as well. but then I don't know where it was. Not anymore. Exactly. Sharknado says prime numbers power cryptography in general. It's like I came in here loving the economic concepts uh, that blockchain presented, knowing very little about cryptography, and now I I know that prime numbers power cryptography in general. So I was like, oh, shoot, I'm learning about all these other stuff just because I'm contributing to these Boink projects and involved in Gridcoin as well. So very interesting stuff that uh, Boink is doing and these scientific projects are doing in terms of scientific communication and actual scientific development. Uh, And then us, the Gridcoin network, as an incentive layer on top of that, are helping move uh, the science even further, faster, because we're bringing people into the into the Boink network. So many people coming into Boink from Gridcoin, just anecdotally. We don't have stats, but I see a lot of posts of people like, yeah, I started doing this because of Gridcoin. Uh, and then on top of that, just simple, I'm making quotation signs here because this tech is not simple. Uh, but on top of that simple incentivization layer, there is so much more that we could be building and that we have been building. This economic system that we've created with the relationship between the players and the, the, the whitelist. The whitelist is a great example of what we could do, but for other aspects of um, science. So the, the whitelist is that relationship between a researcher and a network of average people communicating with each other because there's economic s- incentives coming out of a larger system not directly tied to their actions so we could do that with peer review and and publishing houses and grant systems uh impact factor stuff citations like the all the the things that people are talking about the problems with the current scientific system we can touch on with this new technology probably it's not going to be easy it's very difficult actually experimental software etc etc but we have the tech to do it now so let's give it a shot so that is what Gridcoin is doing uh, and will be doing well into the future. Uh, we have some amazing developers pushing some, one of the largest releases that I have ever seen. <laughs> so uh, that release will enable us to do a lot more uh, because if anyone listening is already part of the Boink network and is familiar with Gridcoin, what that release will do is remove the team requirement. And with that, we can really start looking into the future Uh And that is not all that release will do in terms of stabilization of the protocol and code base. So very much looking forward to that. Otherwise, come on in if you are a scientist, if you're an enthusiast, if you're a boinker, if you're not a boinker and you want to boink. All of us here want to boink. We'll think of a topic next week. Uh, If anyone thinks of anything they want us to talk about. (laughs) If anyone thinks of uh, something they want us to talk about, do reach out and we will talk about it. Uh, Yeah. Anyone have any closing thoughts here? Keel. Then uh, we'll see you next week, next Friday. I'm sorry. We'll see you next week, next Thursday, January 23rd, 8 p.m. EST on the Gridcoin Discord server. Thanks, everyone, for coming by and just being in the chat here. A lot of fun. Don't listen to them. It's 8 p.m. ish. 
it's like 2 a.m. for you, 7 a.m. for you. At a point, it's, it's, we, we're usually not exactly. Yeah. Like, I had meat in the car.